Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Well, bless you for a new month. Well, thank you for what you're doing. Well, thank you for those here, those online. We bless your name for every single life that you have touched. Well, thank you for the blessings of God. Father, we say, let your name glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we say that your name alone will be exalted in the name of Jesus. Thank you, faithful Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. That's a lot. Make sense to me for a long time. Because I was like, wait a minute. I was supposed to introduce people to know Jesus in the world. But I said, no, no, no. I said, you are supposed to introduce me to my people. And you know, I I in, in as as my journey begins to go further and further, it becomes so clear, you know, it becomes more challenging and clear. Um, and one of the basis by which I will be looking at this, see, one of the challenges I normally see around scripture, especially when it comes to the body of Christ, is that we are, you know, uh, we are we are singing, we are using the same language, but it means 
it at times it means something a little bit different. For example, people will say, ah, that pastor is saying the truth. That is not what the Bible tells you to say. That is what you will call the truth and what the Bible refers to as the truth. So a pastor will say, you may be talking good and ah, or talking pastor. It is not scriptures. You are not called, the pastor is not called to come and then say truth as, you know, the, the scripture is not the place where you debate you are, you know, it is not, it is the truth by itself. And of course, when these things have been discussed, you know, you begin to see that, you know, we, we are trying to have a conversation, but the premise by which you're having that conversation is not the same. So there is never a way that which we can, we can meet. When the Bible talks about love, the Bible says, I love, and when God is talking about people, what people call love is not what the Bible calls love. The Bible clearly defines what love is. And but all the challenges at times is that, you know, you will have people say, ah, no, I, it has no relevance to what the scriptures is saying. But that is the normal conversation. And at a time, you know, you, you become very, you become, you're just like, how am I going to ever proceed on this conversation at all? So as we begin to look at, see, one of the things, and a servant of God called me, and by any standard, by any standard, this servant of God is high, is higher than I am. He's, he's young, but I'm talking about you know, people who have, you know, Evidence, what you would see as evidence of ministry. You know, when he's ministering, demons are coming out. So we are not on the same. We are still, we are still growing. That you know, it's 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 and and he called me, and he was concerned about certain things. And as he was talking about the body of Christ, his own, his own life, he's not talking about other people's ministry, his own life and how things are going. And as he was laying some explanation, he was asking me certain questions. I saw this revelation. This person saw this. God revealed this to us. God gave us that. And he was saying that, but the more I, I am struggling with some part, because looking at it now, certain things do not really tend to hate Jesus to one side. And as he was having that conversation with me, I was trying to, I was explaining certain things to this servant of God. But I saw his passion and his desire for, for the love of, of the truth and seeing people set free. But that desire and passion came to me in a particular way. So he was saying to me, he said, I perceive that you are not, you are trying not to say certain things to me. And I said, I have fasted and prayed before I came to you. I said, yes, sir. I said, buddy, the, the thing that the way you are posing your questions to me, you are trying to, you are, you are what you are, I said, so I began to explain certain things to him. I said, these things, I get what you are saying, but they are, they are, they are creating a, um, 
they are, they are creating a wrong picture of who Jesus is. And I said, that is the problem. So we went on, we, I'm sorry, we went on and went on, we went on. So in fact, when we finished speaking, it, it led me, you know, I was praying that night. And the next morning, he called me. So what happened? Well, the, after we spoke, he, he, he went on, did a couple of things, and I think he was praying, then he fell into a trance. He said, I saw a man of God healing people, raising the dead. He said, there were so many people. Please, the emphasis is not the numbers. He saw so many people. He said, but he couldn't see them at the hand. He said, but as he was able to walk through the hand and saw them leaving, he said, I saw them dropping into hell. So I said, thank God. I said, this is, he said, because you are caging me in the wrong place. I said, I said, let me clarify one thing to you. And please, you are the one that saw the revelation. Do you perceive that that man is using an evil spirit? He said, no. I said, so, he said, when you are talking to me, you were saying God said you, you were trying to, you were, you honestly had to me. Is it the Holy Spirit that he did it to you or not? But that is not the question. The question of what we are going to talk about, it's not a question of, um, I saw heaven fall down. No, that is, nobody's disputing. I can't dispute that. That is your own personal revelation. It's as if, it's as, see, it's as if you are giving somebody 10 pounds. And somebody went to buy um, cannabis with it, or a gun, whatever it is. And you are trying to have a conversation about the gun. Somebody say, no, but my ten, are you saying that my 10 pounds is not original? The conversations are not the same. So most of the challenges is that when, I'm, when we are having this kind of conversation with people, people keep on throwing up things that are irrelevant. It sounds irrelevant, it sounds relevant to you. Because you are, it is about God, it's about certain things that you have received from God. I have not said you have not received it. So that opened up a door for me and him to begin to sit down. Then after we said, ah, but I said, I said, that is, that is, that is where we need to, you know, sorry that people listen to our podcast, so I'm not stopping you, amen. But, you know, basically saying that, well, where, where am I going to start from? And as we begin to reveal certain things, see, you begin to see that Jesus said, "Let's just." Read, um, Jesus said, um, he, "He said, he said, he said, your word." In the book of John, he says that he says, um, John chapter seventeen verse seventeen, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is true. See, it is not a, it is not you know. Um, God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. See, as we, I'm just also going to share certain things with you. I'm just going to um, show you a scripture. Um, uh, the, the Bible says, sorry, that was a scripture I posted last, um, where Matthew or where Jesus, Jesus spoke to the, um, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 10, verse 21. Now, 
I am not settling on this scripture, but it's important that I just pass it by for you to get to where we are going. Is that, is that the Bible says that, you know, we, we have talk, spoke about this rich man. You know, the rich man that came to Jesus. And people will say that the man was, you know, he was because he had pride that he could not. That was, that was never the conversation. I'll begin to show you what Jesus was to my own, to the best of God has given me the grace to see, is to begin to show you what Jesus was really after. So when Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus said to, he said, his first question, go to verse 17, we don't have to go there. He said, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So the basis of the question was eternal life. So Jesus now began to say that, have you obeyed the laws? And he said, oh, I have done all those things. And please look at this response of Jesus. Verse 21, after he said they have obeyed all the laws and things like that, the Bible says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. It is important that you understand that Jesus loved him. What he was doing was not wrong. Sorry, it was wrong. But it was not an answer to the question of eternal life. So Jesus and this question we are going to we are talking about, no matter how much you say, I feel the love of Christ, it is going to be a difficult barrier if you do not understand and answer the question accurately. So the Bible says that the Bible says that and Jesus looked at him and he loved him. And he said, One thing you lack. And say, go and sell everything that you have and give to the poor, and you have treasure in heaven. Then come back and follow me. The Bible says, let's read it, please, verse 22. The Bible says, at this the man feels fair, he felt sad. And you would think that those two variables, the fact that Jesus loved him, and the fact that the man felt bad. Should have been an answer to say, okay, okay, you know, you know, I understand these things. Now, this is how you feel. Because the basis of the truth has nothing to do with how you feel. And this is where the church gets stuck. Well, Jesus, there are certain things. That was why when I was talking to that servant of God, I could see his passion. But it was difficult for me to get through. Because as Jesus saw him, Jesus loved the man. But I also know that, you know, that passion cannot be translated. That's why Paul said, I can testify of the children of Israel. Ah, that when it comes to passion, they are good. But it is not according to knowledge. So the Bible says, Jesus, look, Jesus, and the Bible says, he went away because he had great wealth. Verse 23 says, Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard. So Jesus even recognized the fact that it is hard. But because it is hard, it is not an alternative. Does this make sense? Now let me just bring this scenario of this man to you. Jesus said, I spoke about eternal life. I talked about the laws of Moses. He said, I've obeyed everything. And Jesus said, go and sell all that you have. Was the question about money? The question was not about money. What happened was, 
Jesus spoke about his spiritual credentials. And, but because according to that man, the way he saw the, um, how I put it now, the result or the benefit of his spiritual work with God is that wealth. So when you now tell him to take away that wealth, basically what you are saying in response is that all that you think, let me give you another example. You have been fasting and praying to become the greatest pastor. And God now said, no, I don't want you to be a pastor again. How will you feel? Ah. <laughs> so the problem was not, the thing was that the reason why he obeyed those laws, he saw it as a sin, as, as a consolation that at least I am rich. How many of you serve God when you say, ah, I know that. You know, I, I, you, we had a, I had an uncle there who when he's fasting, when you cook in the morning, he takes his own portion, keeps it. Cook in the afternoon, takes his own portion, he keeps it. So when he's going to break, <laughs> everything that you have had all day, you, he will be so angry with you if you dare not to serve his own portion. If you cook, I say because he's fasting. I know. So the basis of that fasting, so the question now is that so what Jesus was tackling was not necessarily that it was it wasn't arrogant because if it was arrogant the Bible would say Jesus loved him. But his basis of spirituality, the base, the what you see, some of us it is ah I have served God as you have the best job in England. So I was talking to a young man at a time ago. I was talking to him about wealth. And things like that, you know, ah, I don't like all these white and churches. You know, they're so poor. They're poor around there. They're poor. And things like that. I said, okay. I said, so, I said, so what is the, he said, ah, I said, I said, I said, we're talking about prosperity. I said, okay. I said, it's not, I said, I said, the problem is that the gospel is not about prosperity. You could have it as, as benefit from it. But that is not the whole gospel. It's not about financial prosperity. I told him, I said, okay, let me give you this test. I said, as soon as you make 10 million pounds because of your love for the gospel, so if God now says to you tomorrow, give all that 10 million pounds away and go and serve me in Afghanistan for the love of the gospel. He said, no, that kind of, I said, hey! I said, so I said, that is the basis of your gospel. So I just put a test to that gospel. That I am not saying that it is not right to be rich. But when I'm saying that, are you also willing to give all that wealth in one day for the sake of the gospel? That was exactly what happened with that ritual. He was serving God. And he got to a point. So I see that thing which he held on to in his life. And at times he God doesn't need it. <laughs> but at times he would just say, let's see where your love actually lies. Does this make sense to us? So, you know, 
And, and that guy got very, just like I can, you know, just reading that picture, scripture now, I, I can remember that day, that guy felt bad at what I said. I said, I am not saying to you that you will not be rich. I am not saying that that is not part of God's promises to you. But what I'm saying is that if that money, if God himself appears to you and says, give everything away like you told Abraham and follow me, would you do that? Or would you struggle? I didn't even need to wait for an answer. I said, no, my God cannot say that kind of thing. I said, hey, here we are. <laughs> this kind of, you know? So you, you, you get what I'm trying to say, God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. See, as we begin to look at this, I, I, I will not, you know, definitely not exhaust this, but it's just important that as we begin to look at it, see, let's if you go to Acts chapter 17. At, please, verse 11. Please, it is important that when somebody is having a conversation with you, especially scriptural conversations, you are not challenging that person based on experience. You know, or deep revelation. You can have revelation, but the Bible says that they, it says, the, 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 the barbarians were more open-minded than those in the Thessalonians. They listened eagerly to the message and they went to search scriptures. See, at times I see people who bring out one line of scripture and that is their defense. No, when you are, see, the, I'm happy, always happy with people saying, ah, I don't think that this is right. But Paul said you know, they were more noble. That's what the King of Thatcher said. They were more noble. Why? Because they, they wasn't that, no, no, no. What is no? Okay, after you have said this, what showed me? Let us sit down and have a biblical conversation. Somebody gave a prophecy around marriage recently, and I, I know that person is. Is, is hard from God, but still, I had to go to a God and say, nah, this thing doesn't make sense. Then we, then we began to go from one scripture to another, understanding things that I never even understood the mind of God was concerning marriage. Then, then we now sat down and said, okay, what you are saying is correct. It is not that, mm, it doesn't sit well in my spirit, and See, the fact that it doesn't sit well with your spirit is a sign for you to go and investigate. You don't build your theology based on mm, mm, all those kind of things. No, I'm trying to please let me just before I move on, please understand that when Paul was when the Bible was talking about the Bible did not say the pastors or the evangelists. So what I'm trying to say is that the expectation of you searching scriptures is not a pastor's job. Somebody I know, we don't have time. I don't have time to study Bible that, that much. The Bible says that it says that they search scriptures day after day to see either what they were teaching was right. One of the challenges we have in the body of Christ now is that people don't search scriptures. So, I've said all of that to just keep 
this off is that at times the definition of what you think a church is <coughs> may not necessarily be what you think it is. So let's just quickly look look on please. You know, um, let's go. So the Bible says here, the Bible says, so I just don't my slides may not seem to be true. So the Bible says here in, 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 in Psalms 87, verse 5 to, to 6, the Bible says, indeed, it will be said on Zion. Now, when you go to, is it, I don't know, Hebrews, Hebrews was supposed to be Hebrews, Hebrews before that, I was in, I don't know how, okay. Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 12. Now, the, the Bible says here, the, the Bible talks about, Hebrews chapter 12 discourses Zion. Let's put it that way. Zion as the church of God. And it says, Hebrews chapter 12, then verse 22 to 23 said, But you have come to Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to, to a thousand upon thousands of angels with, in a joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn. Please note how this further part of that statement, whose names are written in heaven. So the Bible talks here, one, it is, it is a replica of Zion. It is the assembly of, 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 of um, the, the, the heavenly assembly in every Jerusalem. But verse 23 is that their names are written in heaven. So you go to Psalms, Psalms 87, verse 5 and 6. The Bible also says that indeed of Zion it will be said. This one and that one were born in her. The most high himself will establish her. Verse 6 says, the Lord will write in the reg in the register the people who, who was born in Zion. So that means that. God has a register of people in the church. That means that God has a register of people in the church. So as we go on, you begin to see the acts, when you begin to see how the Bible begins to introduce churches, the Bible says that, and they were praising God, they were praising God and enjoying the favor of they were enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number. So when you read, I think KJV, it would say that the Lord added to the church. He would say that the Lord added to the church those that were being saved. So what does that mean? If you are not coming to the door of salvation, you are not added into the church. Are we? Don't worry, we'll take it step by step. Hallelujah. You can drink water too. See, was, I was talking to Okay, sure, you know, there are times when I was studying the Bible and I was listening to someone and I got to I had to shut it down. Because I was like, ah, <laughs> you know, you <laughs> because there are some things that you feel like, ah, this is as if they are telling you to tear away everything that you 
So if you are not being, if that person is not coming, so what does this mean to us? Let me say it now, then we can explain it all later. You cannot be born by bad intuition. Into the job, sorry. The only door into a church is salvation. You can be born into an environment, but you cannot be born into a church. Hmm. Hallelujah. <laughs> this is where Allah comes to. May God help us in Jesus' name. Ah, wait a minute. When, before they get back to me, they had revelation. The day they get back to me, my mother was preaching. All of a sudden, yes, you were born into, <laughs> into a place, but not in the church. Uh, so let's read Acts chapter 20. The Bible says, keep watch over yourself. And the flock with the Holy Spirit and Major Masia. Be the shepherd of the church of God, which again he purchased by his blood. Let's tell you. God, Jesus shed his blood for the whole world. But the only thing he purchased out of the world is his church. You can have 10 million pounds in your pocket to buy the whole of Pesco. But if you walk out with only a bar of chocolate, that's all you bought. Does that make sense? Please note that the Bible again is linking the church with the blood. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See, one of the challenges that people don't may not understand around how God operates. They do not understand his, 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 his work towards as a father and first of the work as a creator. Jesus was trying to explain this when he said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 44 and 45, he said, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you, that, that you may be children of the Father in heaven. Be, he causes the sun to rise upon the evil and the good and sends rain upon the righteous and the unrighteous. Basically, there are certain things that God does. It is not a qualification that, that salvation is being discussed. Does this make sense to us? So, Having said that, we are coming to this point where Jesus began to, first of all, introduce the church. And you will see that as he began to introduce it, there are certain pointers he began to point at them. Please note that these are the same disciples that had, that had, that had cast out demons. These are the same disciples that had healed the sick. These are the same disciples that had used the name of Jesus to do mighty things. But when he came to the position of the church, Jesus began to change again. 
And you will see that in Matthew chapter 16, verse, from verse 13, the Bible says, and when he came to the region of Caesarea and Philippi, it's the Bible says he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some, and all, all that, some say Jeremiah or, or one of the prophets. Now, please note that nobody compared Jesus to a demon. So we are not talking about people who do not know God or people who do not reverence Jesus. So they reverence him in such a way that they are classifying him with prophets. Why, what do you think? Okay, let's put it this way. What does Jesus have in common with these people? Miracles. Humility. Science. So basically, that definition of Jesus did not include salvation. He only included Jesus as a miracle worker. It did not, it did not demit, and you can have people who can tell you about Jesus, yet omit the major thing that makes him different. If Jesus did not do any miracle at all, he would still be Jesus. You would begin to understand that the miracles Jesus emphasized, the Bible emphasized about the miracle of Jesus, was opening their eyes more, casting out demons. It was an illustration of who he was. Does this, does this make sense to us? So they began to define Jesus, but on that basis, Jesus cannot build his church. The church of God cannot be based on if the question of salvation is not addressed. Because that is not the way in. So you begin to see that Jesus said, asked about, he said, what about you he asked? Who do you say I am? Let's read them please. Then Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah. Basically, he did not say you are even Jesus. He said you are the Messiah. Basically, the one that has come to save us. Please, if, uh, if a Christian, if we Christians understand that, you will be, see, do you know why this, this is still a problem in the body of Christ? Because if you understand that Christ is the Messiah, you will share the gospel. The reason why Christians don't share the gospel is because you think that the one outside, no, you know, that man doesn't have a problem. He's rich. His life is better. You know, so, so what am I going to what am I going to share with you? Oh ah, you know, don't worry, you know, um, they don't serve Christ, they don't serve, they don't they don't believe in Jesus, but they still do miracles. You know, I do some miracles, they're very good people. So Jesus was saying that 
The Bible says, and Jesus replied, Blessed are you, son, um, Simon, son of Joseph. He said, For this was not revealed to you by flesh or blood, but by my Father who is in heaven. I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, please note, Jesus did not build his church on Peter. What was the rock that Jesus was talking about? On the response that he gave, a church that is not built on clearly that response is an open door to hell. On the case where salvation is not addressed, where it is assumed that everybody in the church knows Christ. Please, I'm not talking about, we still, we still, we still talk, can't talk about growth. Some people say, you know, ah, some people say that they know Christ, but they still, they still, um, they still um, backbite or they still talk, they still do this, they still, that has, and this is the problem, that has no relevance to salvation. Because when Paul was discussing with other churches that was dealing with issues within the church, he was still referring to them as saints. And this is what I'm trying to say. At times you see people talk about it and you just look. You are wondering. The problem is that they don't understand the basis of the church. So the Bible says, at the gate, I said, I will build my, my church at the gate of Hades or hell will not overcome. We're still coming back to that. Let's just just because of my time. Amen. Hallelujah. So can we move on, please? Hallelujah. Amen. So we when you begin to see how when this becomes very clear to us. See. If you are, if you are, see, you know, if you are still not clear about certain things, it is not a problem. Even the disciples had problems. One of the interesting scriptures I read is I read in is John chapter fourteen, when Jesus was saying to um, Jesus was saying to them, Jesus said, "My father's house in my in my, my father's house has many rooms. If you if it were not so, I would not have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you." If I go, if I go, I will prepare a place for you. And sorry, I will come back and take you to be with me. That you would also be where I am. Please look at verse four. He said, "You know the way to the place where I am going." That sounds like affirmative. Jesus is sure that they know the way. Let's go to verse five, please. Thomas said, "Lord." <laughs> We do not know where you are going. <laughs> so how can we know the way? So I can put it on the ah, What's going on here? When Jesus talked, Jesus said, ah, you guys you know. Jesus said, Sir. <laughs> you can't be going. We we don't understand what you're talking about. If it was not Peter that first of all spoke by the Holy Spirit. 
you will have had all sorts of answers. So what I'm trying to say is that there are certain things about Christ. You may say, this man has done miracles. But Jesus said, I am going to say, ah. Jesus was even assuming that ah, I've been with you for three years. I've been teaching you. You guys should know. <laughs> then Jesus began to deal with that issue. And Jesus said, and Jesus answered, I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know that uh, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know me. You do know him and you have seen him. You, you do know him and you have seen him. Basically, he said to them, if you have known me, you have known the Father. Let's read it. And Philip said, Sir, Show us the father. You know? And then just say, okay, let's go home. <laughs> let's go home. <laughs> At this point, I give up ministry. <laughs> because Jesus, Jesus just explained to him, he said, ah, guess what? Oh, you, you know the father. Now that you know me, you know the father. He said, hey, sir, question again, sir. <laughs> you have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> Jesus answered. You can see that even at the first instance, he did not talk, he did not mention Philip uh, Thomas. At this instance, you can see yourself. <laughs> don't you, you, you don't know me, Philip. Even after I have been among you for a long time. You still don't understand. I'm just saying to you, you know, there are certain things that we might be talking in the next couple of weeks. They'll be like, it cannot be. No, 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 no. See, I used to tell people, and I've said it over and over again. If you have not gotten to a point where the, you know, people used to talk about the word of God is a two-edged sword, like the scripture says. And we talk about it as if we are using to fight him. But actually, when you read that scripture well, the two-edged sword is for you. To pierce your heart. Have you seen somebody that swore that pierced their heart and their smile? No, see, I don't know, like I said. You know, you know, talk. See, there are times I read the Bible and go, ah. see, you would, it would pain you, you would feel within your mind, you would, ah, no, this is hard. There are times when I'm reading the scripture at the time, we got to a point, I'll just go, I'll literally go and take water. And sit down, take fresh air because I'm like, you know, hey, your family. <laughs> you know, there are times when I'm coming to church. I know there are times when I'm coming to church. She would, she might be coming to church and, you know, she would want to start to listen to worship songs. When I'm just, when I'm just, when I'm trying to digest something, I said, please, don't know worship song and put it in on radio. <laughs> Because the sword just came out. And just whoosh. And you go, ah! <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that there are times when you hear the word and you're excited. But there are times where you're like, you know, okay, you are like that. We are like that, um, that rich man. We are trying to hold on to the last thing that we think is, the, is what preserves our faith. And God is saying, I'm about to kick it off. 
and go, no, 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 sir, please, you cannot do that. So as we begin to see, Jesus Christ, let's just go on this, amen. So what I'm trying to say as we, is the, as we just bring this to one close, if you are not, if you have not understood salvation, not that you have any knowledge, but it is said to, it is an hunger within your hearts. See, the reason why most of people are still saved, see, at times it is good that God takes some people out of the church so that they can enter properly. Because as far as they are concerned, they were born in there. And they don't know that they were not born in there. So, at times it is more of a struggle for those who were within the church to walk into the church because they've been in that environment for long. And I was saying, to, you know, let's let us read on this. So, Paul was talking, addressing the church. Let's just read on this because of our time. Amen. So, what all I'm saying is that all I've highlighted from verse um, 3 to 9 is to don't let you know. When he was talking about the church, he was saying, in Christ, in him. So if you are not in Jesus, you are not in the church. If you have not understood salvation, you are not in the church. You are a member of, you know, but you are not in the church. So. You begin to see him express his from this quickly. You begin to see again in, I just kind of highlighted it in red. Let's just move on, please. In him we have redemption. In, in, in our purpose in Christ. So you begin to see Paul begin to cover that chapter one with him, 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 him. Why? Because if you are not him, him, you are not in the church. So the Bible now says that. Please, just verse 13 says, and you were also included in Christ. When was that? When you had the message of truth and the gospel of salvation. So if somebody was but you know, and we just did I say, ah, that child is growing in the church. It's not growing in the church. He said, when you believed and you were marked in him with a seal of the Holy Spirit of Christ. So this is just, I just found this picture. That is the universal church. This is your local churches. If you are not in that universal church, you are not inside the church. I know this is hard. I know it feels like, what are you not saying? At times I, I get that, and that was, that was my struggle with that servant of God. Because somebody can have all deep revelation and not be in the church. Let's go, please. Amen. I'm just sorry, I'm just rushing, you know, rushing to history. Now, so just go to the next slide. I just got it from God, God question. It's a Christian. Anyway, Ecclesia, when people talk about the church, can I go next slide? It's the Ecclesia, you know, and I try to illustrate it here. What is, I just copied it from that website. It says, understanding the definition of Ecclesia, it is, it is um, alternating cell spreaders. 
He said, it is, it is an important component of understanding the church. Ecclesia is a Greek word defined as the called out assembly or congregation. They called them out. Question, what did Jesus say before? I never thought about that. I'm not saying that Jesus saved me from Ogwanyi. No, we're not saying We're talking about what, what exactly we saw, you know, that's why, you know, if I didn't even preach today, a lot of things have been said in today's service. When Sister was standing here and talking about our salvation, what did Jesus save you from? If Jesus not saved you from, if you cannot define anything that Jesus saved you from, Sarah Cyprus, see, the person that has met salvation would, would freely talk about it. Maybe, maybe, please let me just try to know. Maybe you have been saved, or maybe you are not. You've not been told that you're, that's what you're saved from. But I, you would, you would know. But what this is trying to get towards is that what is your, what are you saved from? What, is, what can you say that ah, before I met Jesus, this is who I was. I'm not saying you are perfect now, but a life. And you are not going to be talking about it to people and trying to camouflage it and say, you know how we say that? I outgrew it. When I, was, when I was older, I became sensible. If that is the one that Christ has saved you for, it's not Christ that saved you. It is your internet that saved that. When you were young, you used to carry God everywhere. But now that you know you are becoming old, you know, times have now changed. I know that I have responsibility of children. I am not. Do you know the challenge with that? And I'll hang and I'll and I'll drop to go to that. Is that at each level of life you are in, if you are not careful, the devil the devil has a different category of sin for you. So you know you may not be sinning because you are you know it may be left yourself as a pastor. You may not be sleeping with girls in church because you know ah people cannot see. So the devil will create a category of sin for you. Where ministry will take you outside. To the place where there is nobody. So what the devil has always done, he has not, what, Jesus did not save you from that. The devil just find another packaging of sin. Say, ah, okay, your level has increased. Let's, let's find another package of sin. That you can be seen in times where nobody can see you. When you have a girlfriend that can sign to a non spiritual agreement. <laughs> you know, you're there, you're you know, it, uh, see, that's what going on. See, when you do, when you think that you left certain sins because you were you your class changed, then it has nothing to do with Christ. But that's what we talk about the church. Uh, why did we start smoking? That doesn't help anybody. It doesn't promote. It doesn't emphasize the testimony of Christ. It only aggravates the flesh. So it's, it's, it exalts the flesh of Hallelujah. So when he said, he said, you need to understand, we'll be coming back to Ecclesia. Ecclesia, I'm not even talking about the function of it, because as you look at the assembly, I, I was prostituted in, 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 in the Greek days and things like that. You, those are the function. We're not even talking about function yet. We're talking about how to get into that assembly. Let's go, please. Amen. So, 
The Bible says here, in, uh, the Bible talks about that. He gave some uh, gifts to the church, apostles, prophets, and things like that. Uh, I'm just rushing them through that. He said because of, 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 of our time. I'm sorry, of, uh, because of our time. So the Bible says that to keep and, and perfect the saints, God's people, for the work of service, to build up the church of God until we reach oneness and you know, growth spiritually. You cannot grow something that is not in Christ. Something in Christ is not growing. Do you get time? God help us in Jesus' name. Quickly, let's just go to. Um, let's just go. Let's go, please. Remember our time. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Corinthians. Amen. Let's just go. Sorry, Ephesians. The Bible was talking about the Bible was talking about the fact that the Bible was talking about the fact that when we when people, two people prophesy, I thought I had it over. When two people prophesy, when the church is prophesying, the Bible says, and when an unbeliever enters the place, the Bible says that the, the Bible says that the unbeliever should be convicted of their sin. What does that mean? It means that. He means that he means that when your the, the first function of your gift to an unbeliever is even after you are blessed them is that the Holy Spirit leaves a conviction of your sin. Then, if my anointing is only growing people outside Christ, then it makes no sense. It makes no sense. God grant us grace in Jesus' name. Amen. So you know we would we would we would we will um, get to um, we will get to that part where we. But I just want to just land at this place. Let's go to John. The Bible Jesus was saying that he said, "Flesh and blood did not introduce to you, but he came by my spirit." And one thing, one of the work of the Holy Spirit is to, he said, when he comes, he will convict the world. He will say that you are in the church. If you are not inside church, you need that conviction of sin. He said he will convict them of the Holy work about the guilt of the sin and the need for a savior. And about righteousness and judgment. Let's go on to the next slide. He said, he said, but when he comes again, talking about the Holy Spirit, now this is to you. He said, the spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth, the full and complete truth. For he will not speak of his own initiative, but he will speak from whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son that he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. The Holy Spirit's job in the church, that is why he is the God at now, now, so the God present on earth, because the conviction is about Christ. The Holy Spirit has no, the summary of the message of the Holy Spirit is Jesus. Any other message taken away from that is leading you to run the direction. And it is only convicting 
showing Christ as the Savior. So the question is, are you in the church? Before you begin to say, the gate of hell will not prevail. No, if you are not in the church, you are not, you are not prevailing anything. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.